When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So glad you're here oh, today. Dan, what are you doing with your ears? <laughs> Dan, you're on TV. I was telling RC I can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I'll talk a little louder for you. That's Ryan ears. Clark. That's Marcus Spears. Yeah, those things should be able to hear a lot. <laughs> hey, we do have Touchscreen Tuesday coming your way. The two plays oh, that allowed yes, the Chiefs to survive against the Hungry Raiders last night. But first, Monday Night Football was a roller coaster, guys. The Raiders visiting the Chiefs. The atmosphere was wild and crazy, and you saw it early on. Patrick Mahomes against Derek Carr. Less than five minutes to play in the second quarter. Chiefs trailing 17-0. Mahomes finds Travis Kelsey. Everybody felt a little better about that if you were a Chiefs fan. <laughs> the, the effortless of the ability to catch the football stands out for Travis Kelsey. You see that play? Not a big play here. No that was deal. an important one. We will actually have a guest on the show, John Perry, joining us in in just a little oh, bit yes. Thank to you, tell John us Perry. about more of the officials perspective here as we have a discussion coming your way that you do not want to miss as you can see Chiefs fans and Andy Reid not happy they trailed 20 to 10 into the half early third quarter same score Chiefs to the Raiders four yard line Dan beautiful job of pinning that on Travis Kelsey's back shoulder before mm-hmm. the stick he got there great throw after a Raiders punt Chiefs now in the red zone again and Mahomes why not just go to Kelsey I, as much as you can he looks like he's six years younger watching last night's game his strength, his speed, his sudden ability to change direction. Best it's been in years. Kelsey Benjamin Button halfway through the fourth. Chiefs lead 24 to 23. First and goal from the one. Mahomes play action fake. Throws it to Kelsey who's hey, wide open. Touch again. Tuesday. His fourth touchdown hey, of the Vegas. game. Uh, Chiefs Travis up 30 Kelsey to 23. Yeah, I know. Pay attention. Um, all right, but mm, there's Derek Carr looking for something downfield. Throw. He throws it up to Devontae Adams. Sixth Raiders, throw. though, six throw, six still cat. down. They go for two on the two-point conversion. You see Carr handing it off to mm. Josh Jacobs. He's stuck. So now the Raiders still down, 30-29 to 29 at 51 seconds to go. We'll get into that two-point decision in moments, too. The Raiders with the ball That's at their 46, three and one. Uh, Carr finds Adams up the sideline for what looks like a first down, but take another look. Adams didn't get both feet down before completely controlling the ball. He never does that. That call's overturned. Fourth and one. He was frustrated. More on that, too. Last chance for the Raiders. Carr drops back, launches it downfield. No one's there, though. You take another look at that one as Adams and Hunter Renfro colliding into each other. Friendly fire. The game is over. Chiefs win by one point, and Adams walks out into the tunnel. He pushes a cameraman out of frustration. We'll show you that a little bit later, but you see it here. The decision by Josh McDaniels to go for two instead of attempting the extra point to tie the game. Although a two-point conversion is obviously more difficult to convert than the extra point, the upside of going for two in this situation is clear. You see it. If the Raiders would have converted the two-point try, they would have had a 56.5% chance to win. With a successful extra point, they would have only had a 44.1% chance to win. That does matter. Here's McDaniels with more on the decision. They had kind of had a lot of momentum offensively, obviously, in the second half. And um, just, you know, we had a play that we felt really good about, thought we would get a look that gave us a shot at it for sure. Uh, we had a chance. We had a fair fight at it. You know, they played it a little bit better than we did and uh, gave ourselves an opportunity to take the lead there. And, you know, and then maybe put a little extra pressure on them when they had the ball. You know, nothing more, nothing less. Just trying to be aggressive, trying to win the game. Hey. Hey, 
we're here. Sorry. <laughs> All right, RC, do you like the decision to go for two? Listen, I love the decision. So many times we look at these things and we think about the outcome, right? And we're like, no, it yeah, didn't yeah, get yeah. in. And the reason they lost the game by one is because they didn't get in. But that wasn't it. This is a team that couldn't stop the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs had built momentum since losing 17-0. And the way that the Kansas City Chiefs were playing offensively, you needed to put that pressure on them. Put that pressure on them so Patrick Mahomes has to make a play. Patrick Mahomes has to go outside of the X's and O's and do things. They have to call plays differently offensively. And also, if you're the Raiders, you sucked all year. Yeah. <laughs> right? So why not take a chance and go say, you know what, we're going to believe in ourselves to go win a game and not play not to lose a game against a team that's clearly better than us and has played better than us for the last three quarters. And I think Dan would probably agree with that because he understands the aggression. And I understand that not all two-point conversions and or four, going for it on fourth down are the same, right? They're mm. all individualized to who we are, who we're playing against, yep. flow the game, all that. I thought the way you phrased that is perfect win versus lose I don't even think they're trying to win the game on that two-point conversion mm. I believe that because there's four plus minutes left Josh McDaniels is sitting there going we're probably going to get the ball back again yeah, right so if right. we go for two here and we get it Kansas City gets the ball back and they kick a field goal well field goal then we wins win. us the ball game if they get it let's say we get the two-point conversion Kansas City goes down and scores a touchdown well then a touchdown and an extra point for us wins the ball game so yeah. Really believe that, like, the Raiders are looking at it going, we're not just trying to tie the game. We're trying to figure out a way to win the game, not only in that possession, but the one that they thought and they did get it in the future. Yeah, the, the issue I had was the fourth and one earlier in the game. I mm -hmm. had no problem. What I texted you when they did yeah, it. You, I when they, it was 14 nothing. they kicked the field goal. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And I said, you can't do that. He doesn't read yeah. your text. Can't, can't oh, do that. No. Be aggressive. Can't yeah. do that. Be aggressive. <laughs> Here's the thing, too. I, I understand, like, us talking about it and evaluating not getting that two-point conversion. But to your point, Dio, you still had opportunities. Yes. And, and your opportunities, it was not just about your opportunities. It was who those opportunities were intended for. Right. We talked about it coming in on the show. Tay Adams never bobbles yeah. a ball. Yeah. He makes right? that catch. You catch that, you in field goal range. Mm -hmm. Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams runs into each other. And RC, you were saying. Everybody's camera, open. Everybody right. would have been open <laughs> yeah. in that particular situation. Yeah. They actually caught the Chiefs in the right situation yeah. when they bumped into right. each other. It was yeah. man to man. Yep. I like 17 in that moment. So I, I just don't I, I don't put much value on that two point conversion yeah. at all. OK, so one of the things that was happening to me is I was getting a little nervous because we had all picked the Chiefs when uh, they trailed <laughs> the 17 nothing. Yeah, and, and but here's the reality. They came all the way back, Dan, and then some. What did the Kansas City offense do so well? Well, the, the comeback is built on we they went to old reliable and that's put in Travis Kelsey by himself and going, if you're going to play him one-on-one, -on -one, great. And if you're going to double-team and potentially triple-team him, we got hurt him. So this is Travis Kelsey by himself. We call this trip solo, okay? Everyone understand at home, trip solo. So the trips is over here. I got three receivers on this side, and then Kelsey is solo by himself on that side. Now what that does is a couple things. Number one, they haven't been able to block Max Crosby all night. Max Crosby is now staring at Travis Kelsey thinking, oh, am I going to jack you up at the line of scrimmage? So now I've slowed down his rush. The second thing is this, it allows me to put the back to that side and you're gonna see the back now chip. Again, I'm blocking their best pass rusher. But look at the attention that Travis Kelsey gathers. He's got two guys on him. Mm. We talked about all offseason, no Tyree Kill. One of you guys is gonna have to win in man. You're by yourself, you're by yourself, and you're by yourself. True one-on-ones with absolutely no help. This is in the third quarter. Patrick Holmes is gonna break the pocket. They're double-teaming Travis Kelsey. Huge throw to MVS. 
Another third down later in the third quarter. I'm going to put Travis Kelsey by himself. Remember, trip solo. This time, they're going to have attention from a safety, a corner, and then they're going to jack up Travis Kelsey at the line of scrimmage. So, Dan, what does that do? Well, now those three guys are paying attention to Travis Kelsey. I've only got a three-man rush here because then I can protect my quarterback a little bit more. And again, I get three true one-on-ones. One-on-one -on -one across the board, win. One-on-one -on -one across the board, win. How about you, Miko Hardman? There is no help. There is no sudden leverage. You win versus your Ralph. Beautiful job. Later in the fourth quarter, I got another huge third down. I'll put Travis Kelsey instead of solo close. I'm going to put this dude in out of bounds like this is college football. Guys, they are going to take three people and try to jack him up and basically tackle him at the line of scrimmage. Linebacker, corner, and safety are all paying attention to Travis Kelsey. I told you guys before, now it's only a three-man rush again. I'm helping out my protection. Travis Kelsey basically gets tackled on this play. And Patrick Mahomes is staring at him like, okay, you're not there, but one guy has to win in true man-to-man -man coverage. Miko Hartman does, floats Ooh. it over the top, basically game over. We've talked a lot about this offseason of what's the Chiefs offense going to look like. And when they needed to make that huge comeback, it was, Travis, go by yourself. You're the most important person on our team when it comes to impact. And the fact that he took two and three guys away, yeah. that was the first game this year where I thought, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay without Tyreek Hill because they still have that main piece, 87. Yeah. It, you know, it's funny. My first thought went to when you get to the Chargers and Derwin James, mm -hmm. right? Like, that is when the pressure is really on with these guys. And it's phenomenal, Dan, because we talk about that. RC, you can speak to this better than anybody when it comes to the secondary. In my mind, as a defensive lineman, I'm like, Coach, why are we giving this dude all this attention? Do you see what's <laughs> happening mm -hmm. when we're coming off the sideline? So why is that you can't do anything else other Adjustments. than – Life is about adjustments. And when you come into a game with a perception or a preconceived notion or a plan, that has to be able Can to I change. Still, do you think that the, meant the adjustment to double and or triple team them throughout the game? Yeah, I think you have to come off of that eventually. Yes. Like, right? As, 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 as things aren't working and now I realize I you. what you've realized, Dan, okay, we're singling Travis up on the backside because they know we are getting that attention, I giving that attention to him sure. and using people elsewhere. Now you got to do something different and you have to play against the Kansas City Chiefs offense, mm. not just not Travis just Kelsey. Trevor, that's why. You talk today. about going to somebody different. Patrick Mahomes has thrown 13 touchdowns to tight ends and running backs this season. That's mm. seven more than any other quarterback. Really? Yeah. That, 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 that is stunning. the walking example of their football team and the difference this year compared yeah. to last. Great number. There we but. go. All right. This also happened last night. Devontae Adams was very frustrated after the game. We showed you the end of the game in the highlight, and then this happened. He shoved a, an employee on the field, and then the employee hit the ground. Adams apologized shortly after the game about this. He apologized during his media availability and then issued another apology via Twitter saying, quote, sorry to the guy I pushed over after the game, obviously very frustrated at the end of the game, the way it ended. And then he ran in front of me as I exited. That was my reaction. I felt horrible immediately. That's not me. My apologies, man. Hope you see this. So let's get NFL insider Jeff Darlington in here. Jeff, what do we know about the situation now? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. 
And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Laura, a lot to unpack here, both from the legal perspective and the league perspective. I'll start with the latest. I had a conversation with my league sources who did tell me that the league is reviewing the matter for potential discipline that could include a fine or a suspension. Now, an important point, though, there's no timeline on this. Normally, we'd hear about a suspension right away because the, the preparations for the next week's game have to start. But in this case, the Raiders have a bye. The NFL is aware of that. So they're going to go ahead and take their time to make sure that they get this right when it comes to a potential fine or a suspension. As it pertains to the legal side of it, potentially even more serious here, the Kansas City Police Department did issue a statement. And in part, it read that the victim is a photographer at the Chiefs Raiders game at the end of the game, he was pushed to the ground, causing injury. He made arrangements for private transport to the hospital for treatment, at which time he called the police. The injuries are preliminarily thought to be non-life-threatening. The incident will be investigated by our, our assault unit detectives. And upon completion of that, they'll coordinate with the applicable city or state. They pointed out that this also, though, could take longer than one to two days. So uh, a very serious situation here for Devontae Adams and the Raiders, not just from a league perspective, but also at this point from a legal one. Yeah, Jeff, thanks for the clarification. And as you see on your screen there, just to point out, it was an ESPN freelance worker. We're hoping that everything is okay with him. More from Jeff coming a little bit later on in the show. And we're just getting started here on NFL Live. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 
Let's read and react, folks, to week five. We begin with Kirk Cousins, who completed 17 straight passes to start Sunday's game against the Bears. That's a Vikings record. Cousins threw a total of 41 passes. Not a single one of them was thrown into a tight window. That's the most passes without a tight window throw by any quarterback in a game since tracking began in 2016. I mean, man, if there's that much separation, it's not that hard, Dan. Uh, what did you like about what you saw from the Vikings offense? They're doing as good a job of anybody in the NFL of making everything pre-snap look the same. And then they got a bunch of different looks off of it post-snap, so it's really causing defenses to play slow. They love the bunch cops concept where they'll put their bunch to the formation or to the field. They go outside zone away, six-yard gain. Then they'll go no huddle, and they'll go to the very same formation, bunch, bunch, bunch. Now Kirk Cousins is going to go ball fake, very similar look that we just had. And this time, you're going to get the short flat and then that crosser from underneath the Justin Jefferson. What they'll do is they'll yell the word Xerox, Xerox, Xerox if they want to run the same exact play. Carbon copy, right? Ah, and then I they'll have a there. different code work like Kinko's or FedEx or UPS to set the same formation, but a different play afterwards. They do it in no huddle, and it's making so many defenses hesitate to what they're seeing post-snap. Do the defenses uh, not go get copies made? Like, do they not know what Well, we often had this saying, never give defensive people too much credit. Okay, let's go to one of those defensive people. <laughs> Are you going with me, Dan? Uh, let's go to Pittsburgh. I have no beef. Yeah, what? well, we're about to get to some beef because uh, let, let's go to Pittsburgh where what? the Steelers lost 38 to 3 to the Bills on Sunday. That performance had Ryan Clark jumping on Twitter. He said, quote, Mike Tomlin is my favorite football coach. With that being said, no matter what the roster looks like, your team has to be prepared, be in proper positions to succeed, and dang fight. The Steelers did not fight today. And that goes back to the head coach. He's got to get them right. So Steelers wideout Deontay Johnson was asked about RC's comments yesterday. Former Steeler tweeted yesterday that he felt like this team kind of quit. I mean, wh what do you say to that? Do you, did you feel I'm not that? Worried about RC, man. <laughs> he played here. He know how the Steelers play. So if he want to come play, he can come help us win. <laughs> if he got so much to say. But other than that, I'm gonna just keep playing football and worry about me and my teammates. <laughs> what? Okay, I will say what? you did not say that exactly, RC. We did right. we did show the tweet, but anyway, what do yeah. you make of that response? Well, I think the first thing is I hate that people inside of locker rooms have have to answer for what analysts say. Yeah, I don't think that should be what they should be doing with their week. And Brooks said that I said they quit. I didn't say that you quit. One, I also know that tough talk here doesn't work. Here's what I do know: nobody has given the Steelers what I gave to them, and I mean that literally. Nobody gave them their spleen. Nobody gave them their gallbladder. Nobody gave them a piece of their liver. And that same person was willing to go back to Denver and play again. So I have a lot to say, one, because I'm paid to say it, two, because I can say it more than anybody that's in that locker room. And I should be irrelevant to you. What shouldn't be irrelevant was the way that game looked on Sunday. What shouldn't be irrelevant is dropping footballs. What shouldn't be irrelevant is doing your dang job and helping your team score more than three points. And I get it. I can't play no more. Don't want to play no more. Ain't got to play no more. I do not miss football, and I have not missed it a day because I gave every ounce of what I had to play the 13 years that God gave me. So you need to make sure when you got to give it up or they push you out that you ain't got to miss it because you gave everything that you had. Because right now, it don't look like that, bro. Oh. Okay. What? Gallbladder, spleen, part of the liver. What? I got I, my You know what? I'm glad too. that you uh, did all that. I wish you still had those parts. <laughs> I wish I had them too. I got my J's on. Goodness. I got my Jordans on. He dropped the mic. Next up, the Commanders, where head coach Ron Rivera was asked oh, about boy. the single biggest issue facing his team right now. Oh. Listen to this. Oh, man. Why do you think the teams in the division are farther ahead at this point? Quarterback. 
the truth is that, that this is a quarterback-driven league. And if you look at the teams that have been able to sustain success, they've been able to build it around a specific quarterback. I, I spoke to my team this morning. You know, we, we, I basically told them that I said some things that were misconstrued. I didn't present it properly, and that's on me. So I took accountability. Coach addressed it, handled it, nothing for me that I'm overly concerned about. Coach is a very straightforward, upfront guy, and um, he addressed it in the team meeting, which I thought was really cool, um, and what he meant by it all. So uh, I feel very confident in that. Okay, so a little bit of backtracking from Ron Rivera. Marcus, what do you make of how all that was handled? Well, first and foremost, I'm glad that a lot of quarterbacks are in their feelings. You know, I like when they are miserable. That's number <laughs> one. But I just didn't take the visceral reaction of what Ron Rivera said because I listened to what he said afterwards. Now, granted, it didn't sound good, but he was making a point about other franchises in the NFC East that have had time to build around their quarterbacks. Ron Rivera has many more problems than the play of Carson Wentz right now. His team is bad it, as, a, as a whole, and I don't think that's what we're discussing here. But when it came to this particular statement, I just did not have the same reaction because I was – it was pretty clear to me what he meant after he blurted out the word quarterback. Yeah, you said team is the issue. I mean, Washington ranks 27th in the NFL yeah, in defensive yeah, efficiency, yeah. so defense is a problem too. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. NFL Live Touchscreen Tuesday. Boys, what you got? Listen, right here, we want to talk about the game last night. Now, here's why it's important. Winning is a habit, mm. but also so is losing. But mm. the winners do one thing. They perform their jobs in critical football moments, and we're going to give you an example of the Kansas City Chiefs doing that, but not the Las Vegas Raiders. The last touchdown by Travis Kelsey. This is a very simple goal line play, but what I love about Andy Reid is I want to make simple look sexy, okay? I get it to my goal line personnel, and I want everyone to pay attention to the motion. Now, there's a guy on the defense for the Raiders that if you're a pass game guy, right. you want to go attack it's Jonathan Abram very good also Jonathan player. Abram also understands how important his job is right now look at him pointing out Travis Kelsey and he's letting everybody know that that's the man that he has on and his I play. love that but what's gonna happen RC is I'm gonna send motion we talk about this all the time yeah. motion makes everybody pay attention to it now when I send that motion I want everyone to pay attention to what's happening on the back end look I got this guy communicating this guy communicating this guy running with him I already have created confusion in a very simple play also, for my the, offense. One, the one thing we've now let the offense know whether that's Andy Reid Eric Benemy or Patrick Mahomes is that we're in man-to-man because -man, as you see Hobbs come over now we're trying to figure out how we're going to play this bunch. Correct. Here's your bunch. 
fullback, tight end, tight end. I love that. And I, what I love about this is look at my tight end. He's pointing right now because yep. what I'm going to do is go ball fake. I'm selling to the defense right now that here comes run fake. He was pointing to tell the defense, hey, that's my guy blocking. Yep. That's not what's going to happen. Now, here's the problem. Right yeah. here, Dan, I want you to draw attention to Jonathan Abrams' eye. Now, here's what happened. Once people start to move, right, and we're trying to figure out who we're covering, how we're playing the stack, how we're playing the bunch, we all fall back on what we're most comfortable with. Mm. Jonathan Abrams' eyes right now are in the backfield because he's a thumper. He wants to hit. He doesn't want this coverage with, with Travis Kelsey. You have to think alignment, assignment, first off is key. His key is Travis Kelsey. His eyes were never there. And I love the fact that with that play, I have now freed up my best pass catcher, Travis Kelsey, to scrape across the back of the end zone. That's a very simple play. That one step of motion confused the defense, yeah. and we get a game-winning touchdown. Now, I want to go to the two-point conversion. That's had a lot of conversation with the Raiders. Yeah. Now, everyone needs to understand, I got six guys up front for this run game, okay? If I'm the Raiders, I have my five offensive linemen and my tight end. They're going to be part of my run game. My receiver is going to come in and down block. Now, here's the thing. I want to wait one yep, second. Yep, I, want, yep. I want to show you this. The first thing I'm thinking right now, if I'm on the back end, I'm Justin Reed. I'm the guy that's inserting into the run. Yeah. I should be the free hitter. I'm looking at Josh Jacobs, who has killed us all night. His set is showing me that he's going to be a part of the run or the run fake because he's set behind the quarterback. I love that. So he can get this ball his going depth, downhill. His depth behind him. Yeah. I love that. So now as an offense, this is what I want to know for the Raiders because what's going to happen is these guys are going to stem inside and become blockers on the right. I love that. It's six on six on the offense. If I'm the offensive guy, I go one, two, three, four, five, six. So it's six on six in the run game. Right. I want to get the ball to the free hitter, but this looks like an RPO to me. Yeah, here's the, the other piece, though, too, ahead. though. If, if I'm Derek Carr, I'm going to play a little offense here. If I'm Derek Carr, the first thing I look at is this. Who's the free hitter, and what's the leverage that we're playing outside with Fitz? Right. He's playing the fade because of Devontae Adams. That means Justin Reed can't trigger as fast, so Derek Carr should understand where his eyes should be. And this, that's what's confusing about this one for me, RC, because when Derek Carr catches this football, he's actually starting to peek to the right. Yep. If he's got his eyes on that safety, we see it all the time in college yep. football. Devontae Adams, everyone look at home. Devontae Adams runs a slant right here. If he's the guy running yep. the slant and that safety triggers, then Derek Carr should just pull that ball, replace him with that throw, and we get a two-point conversion yep. that puts us up by the lead. Mm -hmm. But instead, he's looking to the right, which made no yep. sense to me, hands it off, and reads right there well, for the tackle. Well, that's the biggest thing, and that's the biggest difference between these teams. Some players are making plays and others aren't. If you're Derek Carr, you have to want to be the hero. Nothing's wrong with that. Take the football in your hands, make the right read, and get it to your playmaker, which is exactly what Patrick Mahomes was able to do. You two are our heroes. Let's get to some top stories brought to you by Golden Corral. And for that, we check in on some injured quarterbacks. We start with Mac Jones and all eyes back in New England on him. He missed the last two weeks with the injured ankle. If he can't go again this week, it'll be Bailey Zappi getting his third career start in the team's game Sunday against the Browns. And then there's Baker Mayfield, who'll be out at least a couple of weeks with a high ankle sprain. That according to a league source from Adam Schefter. Panthers interim head coach Steve Wilkes is expecting to turn to P.J. Walker to start Sunday. Sunday's game against the Rams. And then there's Dallas, who waits for the official return of Dak Prescott from a thumb injury. Quarterback Cooper Rush has won all four starts since Dak went down, but the team now gets ready for its toughest assignment of the season, the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night. Can't wait for that one. And the Cowboys' formula in the absence of Dak Prescott has been simple. Take care of the football. Get after the quarterback. Cooper Rush has not thrown a single interception this season. Among quarterbacks that have started multiple games, he's the only one that hasn't thrown a pick. And then there's that relentless pass rush. Dallas has Ugh. pressured opposing quarterbacks on 40% of their dropbacks, the highest rate in the NFL. It makes you go, Ugh. 
Mine wasn't oh. very good. Okay, Marcus, what does this offense look like, though, once Dak returns? Because that's inevitable, even if not this week. It's going to be more explosive, <laughs> and that's what we need. Listen, I'm so hyped. I was, uh, I had them dead in the water. You when really Cooper did. Rush came in. <laughs> I did not know what this defense would turn into what I've been watching on tape. But more importantly, this offensive line and the way that they've been able to move people and run the football. Last week, Tony Pollard averaged eight yards a carry. Woo! Are you kidding me? I believe right now the Dallas Cowboys quarterback position is the easiest position to play in football. Wow. Now, that's a lot of shout-out and kudos to Kellen Moore and these plans that he's devising. The, the throws that are made to these wide receivers, these guys are wide open. It ain't really many contested catches going on in Dallas right now because the run game has been successful. Cooper Rush has done a phenomenal job managing the game, but also just the concepts and the physical nature in which they're playing. We had a long conversation about play action. Dallas is living in that world with Cooper Rush. You think about defensively and the opportunities that you get. This game was won 22 to 10. Mm. Cooper Rush threw for 100 yards and no touchdowns. And they won by 12 points in the NFL game. Now, America, I don't know if y'all know, a 12-point win is a big win in the NFL. I don't care who you're playing. That's a large uh, difference. So, listen, let me calm down. Okay, Dallas, the best situation for a quarterback in the entire NFL. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So glad to have you on NFL Live. Hey, how about the New York Jets? Uh, I know Miami's beat up, but man, the Jets put up 40 points on them in the win. And this young team has tons of potential. The Brees Hall touchdown had us all hyped up. And the Jets led by two points entering the fourth quarter before outscoring the Dolphins 21 to nothing in the final quarter. That continued to trend for the Jets, who have scored 58 points in the fourth quarter this season, most in the NFL. They turn it on late, and in his two starts this season, Zach Wilson has completed 13 of his 15 pass attempts in the fourth quarter. So, Dan, what's changed for this offense now with Wilson back under center? Yeah, first of all, the athleticism absolutely makes a difference. Athleticism, Mm -hmm. the ability to kind of save them from bad plays. In the last two weeks, he's got like seven or eight throwaways getting away from pressure. And then it's allowing him to create some stuff. I mean, this play's big. Second and 15, there's nobody blocked. The ability to just athletically get the ball away. Then down in the red zone, third and goal, they P drop. So eight guys in coverage, three guys rushing. His ability to kind of run and dive is a big deal. And then the kind of condensing of the formation, shrinking everybody down almost to the hash, and then pushing the ball to the perimeter has had a really good impact in their run game, in their pass game, and the ability to third down, create some of those picks and rubs that we often talk about, and kind of their outside zone stuff. So it, the the athleticism, but also the formation stuff. And I'm not talking about condensing one side. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about shrinking down almost the whole thing where yeah. all 11 guys are almost in a, in a goal line formation. It's had a big impact. And it's also difficult to cover those things and communicate through them, right? We're yeah. trying to figure out who has who. How are we going to let our zones play out? Also, it gives you space toward the sideline like we saw yeah. with the Brees Hall will route. And so I think they're doing a great job of taking some of the thinking out of it for Zach Wilson and mm. making the defense have to communicate and think yeah. and that's where they have been good the last few weeks they're yeah. totally pushing the ball sorry like they are attacking the perimeter 
yeah. out of the shrunk down mm -hmm. formations, very strategically. Well, when we saw them uh, preseason, Daniel, they talked about Zach Wilson's eyes yeah. and, and really getting simplify. him in position to simplify. Yeah. We've kind of seen that play out. Let's talk about the defense, though, Marcus. What do you like about that side of the ball for the Jets? I like the way they get after it up front. Number one, it's a very aggressive defense, and that's what we expected yeah. when Robert Salah came over from San Francisco because that's what he came from. But they're physical in nature. Yes. They want to hit you and punch you in the mouth. I think they have a, a corner that's ascending to a shutdown guy in Sauce Gardner. And obviously, when a guy gets taken that high, but honestly, there is never, that's always something you have to figure out mm -hmm. on this level. Don't care where you drafted at, at that position. Yeah. You expose you quickly, like, right, yeah. if you don't have it. So I look at this team, and, and, and I remember, I, I hearken back to after they won this game, I thought about Robert Salah saying, well, we keeping receipts, right? right? And I joked about it. I was like, look, I don't know what type of season they're going to have. Probably ain't smart for you to say that. But the mentality shows up on defense. Yeah. And, and, and I believe that's Boy. where he's coming from. Ooh. When you talk about how they get to the ball, how they can pressure the quarterback with four. Uh, four. I love Franklin, Quentin Williams, Carl Lawson. They're starting to come on. This, this team – Young, okay, maybe figuring some things out, but they can get it. They can man, get it, man. I don't care. You got DJ Reed on one side, came from Seattle. Sauce Gardner locking up on the other Bro. side, but them boys is bringing leather. Yes, and not man. are bringing leather because that's how it should be <laughs> on TV. Is bringing, bringing leather. leather. Whitehead, Quan Alexander, they are running sideline to sideline, yeah. and they are sticking their face in the fan. I had a homeboy named Marcus Washington <laughs> I played with in Washington, and he would always say, P.I. He called me P.I., like Private Ryan. P.I., I ain't even gonna lie. You stuck your face in the fan. <laughs> yeah, baby. That's what they are doing. You want, do you like want to earn respect from your teammates yeah. and your opposition? Yeah. Put your face mask on them consistently, yeah. and that's what the Jets are doing now, and I think that speaks to the mentality that it's, Marcus it, is speaking. Real I, quick, Boogie, it's the first time I think I've watched the Jets since I started doing this where I think they expect to win football yeah, games. Yeah, they do. Like, and and starts, Robert right? Sala has been a big part of that. Yeah. I think he's sticking his face in the fan. All right. Uh, also, the Jets have a winning record for the first time since 2018 when the season started 1-0 for them. Hey, a big theme of the week, controversial roughing the passer calls. Another one last night. You see it right there with Chris Jones calling for this play on Derek Carr. The Chiefs responded to this call and all of its controversy after the game. Here's Chris. There's no need for an explanation, okay? So when I'm going to go up to him and say, how should I tackle? How should I not roll on him? I'm trying my best. I'm 340, 25 pounds, okay? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I'm, I'm running full speed trying to get the quarterback. I hit the ball. What you want me to do? I brace my, my hands. So I think it's now it's like taking the initiative to uh, extend to look at roughing the passers now as a league, you know, like they did pass interference uh, a couple years back, where we can view the pass interference. I think that's now the, the next level we're going to have to take as a league for all these roughing the passers. So that's Chris Jones. Then on Sunday before that, when this one, Grady Jarrett, Taken down Tom Brady very gently, I might add, as you see it there. It was a crucial call to at a point in time oh. that affected the game. Here's what both Tom Brady and Grady Jarrett said about this call. It was a long hug, an, a long unwelcomed hug from Grady. And uh, he was in the backfield all day. So as I said after the games, I don't throw flags. And what I do throw is tablets. Looking back on it, I mean, you know, I still, um, you know, I'm still kind of left clueless you know what i'm expected to do in that situation if these are all, all these other things excuse me that we can review i'm not saying that it costs us the game but it costs us an opportunity to go win the game 
if it's costing people games, it's going to cost people livelihoods. It's mm -hmm. costing people opportunities. It's important context there as we welcome back in our NFL insider, Jeff Darlington. You heard Tom Brady there, Jeff, saying it was like a long hug. So what is the league reaction to these two particular calls? <laughs> Well, Laura, I can tell you that at this point, the league has nothing imminent in terms of a, a conversation about any types of rule changes. But what I can point out is that already this offseason did have conversations that were supposed to help. And so far, the NFL is pointing out that uh, some of those conversations have helped. Through week five so far, roughing the passer fouls are actually down 45% from a year ago. Uh, and, and one of the points that the NFL had made this offseason is that they did feel like the officiating department was starting to be a little bit too stringent, calling too many roughing the passer penalties. They feel like they've done a better job this year. Uh, if there's one point that seems to be maybe a little bit confusing to the players, it is that uh, the competition committee believes that game officials are properly officiating body weight plays and that defenders are doing a better job of getting their bodies to the side of the quarterback. But as you saw in the Grady Jarrett situation, it did look like he was trying to get his body to the side of the quarterback. So still a bit of confusion there, obviously, when you hear from players. But ultimately, at this point, the NFL has no plans to change anything. Yeah, not surprising. I mean, they will continue to say player safety and even quarterback safety is paramount. Let's get back to last night, the specific call made against Chris Jones. Referee Carl Shepard told a pool reporter after last night's game, quote, the quarterback is in the pocket and he's in a passing posture. He gets full protection of all the aspects of what we give the quarterback in a passing posture. So when he was tackled, my ruling was the defender landed on him with full body weight. The quarterback is protected from being tackled with full body weight. My ruling was roughing the passer for that reason. Let's bring in ESPN's rule analyst and former NFL official John Perry. Look Thanks at so Joe. Much. Oh, what up, JP? We're excited to have you on the show, JP. Me and John have cursed each other out. I was about out to say, y'all know him probably pretty well. Yeah. Okay, these boys are going to get their time with you, John, but let's start this way. It's a simple question. Did the refs get it right last night? You know, there are plays that they just can't be 100% correct, 100% incorrect. What I believe, based on how the rule is currently written, the player did exactly what he has been instructed to do, which was attempt to brace to with the left hand. And with the right hand, he's trying to recover a fumble, so he cannot brace with the right. We went incorrect last night based on the, how the rule is written and the action that the player took. Interesting. So let me just make sure we clarify because I, I believe we're having a little bit of a glitch technically. JP, you're saying incorrectly last night. Just uh, say that one more time so we make sure people hear it. Yeah, the rule is very specific. Look, you cannot land on a passing posture quarterback in the pocket with full or most body weight unless you attempt to roll one of the identifiers that a referee will use to not throw roughing the passer or whether you attempt and strive to brace to absorb some of that contact. The left hand did exactly that. Mm. He attempted to brace for contact. That's fascinating, RC, as you hear that. And, and John, don't go anywhere. We're coming right back to you. As you hear that and, and JP's explanation, what do you make of this? Well, I think the first thing is, is if John can now look at the play and say that it's incorrect, yeah. then that means reviewing it would be a positive. 
right? That means that because it is the turnover, at least in that situation, we are reviewing that call anyway. So it wouldn't take any extra time in that situation to say, oh, we do see the left hand is on the ground. And that seems extremely simple. Because you can't see it me. right now. I right. mean, it's really hard to see it, it exactly. in real time fast. action. Yeah. yeah, so that so that so that seems simple to me. I also have a question about the situation of him no longer being the passer, him no longer possessing the football. Now in mentioning that Chris Jones, that Chris Jones is trying to get the ball, John, or trying to recover the ball. Is there anything the official should be looking at once the fumble is created and now it's no longer necessarily a tackle to the ground? Chris Jones is trying to recover a football, which now takes him out of the mindset of not landing on top <clears throat> of the quarterback. Yeah, I don't think he had that mindset at all. He's just trying to make a big play, a turnover, a strip sack, which turns into a potential change of possession. All that action takes place within probably two seconds. He is upright. He is moving up into the pocket. He is still a protected quarterback. But as that right hand comes close to the shoulder, the ball does come loose, and the defender does make a change of possession and recover that ball. Mm -hmm. So, again, there's no way the right hand can brace. No left. The left hand does brace, or at least strive to, which is, by rule, what we're asking the players to do. These rules are written for specific reasons with specific words to try to find language that can align with the human officiating these great athletes. And roughing the passer, those are the two things that are easily identifiable. So, John, how did last night's call compared to the Grady Jarrett call from Sunday and his hit on Tom Brady? Well, the call last night's going to be supported as a correct call, which is maybe something we should come back to. Roughing the passer in the 187-page rule book is the only rule, the only rule in the rule book that says, hey, when in doubt, we give you the green light to throw to protect the quarterback. Mm. That may be something that we see change. We changed several rules. We eliminated that language from player safety uh, hits that were taking place, and we just kept erring and erring because we were erring on the side of safety, but we were incorrect. So we removed that language. Uh, the, the Brady hit is simply an incorrect call. There mm -hmm. is nothing within that play that anyone could go into and check boxes off in the roughing the passer rule to say, yes, correct. It's just totally different. Carl's play last night was extremely difficult. He's watching a quarterback go up into the pocket, yep. watching the ball. It comes loose, then body weight. John, I'm so glad you alluded to that specific rule because even in the response from John in the game with, um, with Chris Jones, he said, my, I thought that was a very valuable and key word because Basically, what I think you're saying is it's up to the discretion of that referee and that crew based on how he interprets the rule, since it's not just an overall arching rule. You're trying to kind of determine mm -hmm. the like judgment that, call. that particular mm -hmm. judgment call. Yeah. And the language really kind of almost impresses upon you to go with the call as opposed to thinking about it in that moment. Am I wrong in, in thinking that that's the way those guys are thinking about making that call? 
I don't think so. I mean, there there may be some. I'm not going to speak for 17 referees, but I can tell you after a football game, I never filled out my paperwork and said, you know what, I was unsure, so I went with the, you know what, when in doubt, throw. Officials try to put these actions into categories, knee or below, neck or above, more than two steps, on the run, two or three steps unnecessary. If if you cannot define your call in those words at that rapid pace, more than likely you might not have seen it correctly. Mm. Uh, but from a grading perspective, they may be using the, hey, when in doubt, we're going to support it. If we're supporting incorrect calls, what kind of message does that make to the current officials on the field? JP, here would be my thoughts. Number one, if we're going to say that there's specific language and specific wording when it comes to this play, then we should be able to have specific views. That's the bottom line with it. And then the second thing would be this, and this is my pushback to the people who say, well, you can't treat this like pass interference and review that. Well, pass interference isn't different if it's a wide receiver, tight end, or running back. This is very specific to one certain play of the quarterback that gets very specific protection. What are your thoughts on the ability to review it instead of pass interference? Uh, we need some massive changes. One of the changes is trying to get to the officials that retire to get up in the replay official booth. Right. Look, I can do it. I've been doing it for 20 years, but to try to find people will be difficult. John, thank you so much for joining us here. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, I which means we probably have to have you <laughs> come back time. on the show. But thanks for the clarification there, and we'll stay on top of it here on NFL Live. Thank you, brother. We appreciate, appreciate you. it, Jake.